We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs, along with us is TJ Inman as well. And we're here to break down the Big Ten. Uh, Big Ten football starts in under two weeks with IU kicking off on September 4th in just less than three weeks. TJ, how are you doing today? Doing very well, yes. It is, uh, you know, some of the mornings here uh, and evenings are feeling a little cool. It's not uh, to the point where you're stepping outside and sweating, uh, which, you know, does signify we're getting close. Um, I I know that it it feels a little odd because the, the season last year was just so not abbreviated, um, but just truncated. Um, such a, a weird season, and then it's kind of been an odd off season with the transfer portal news and everything. It it hasn't felt quite like a normal off season to me, which is a good thing because the off season is usually terribly long. Um, but I, I'm very excited, and obviously Indiana coming in at number 17 in both the AP and the coaches poll, uh, certainly, you know, historic for, for IU, which uh, tells you how far this program has come in a short amount of time under Tom Allen. And I know that uh, Indiana fans are very excited, judging by the, the ticket sale numbers that uh, that have come in for the opening uh, slate of games here for Indiana. It's going to be very good atmosphere in Bloomington. Yep, and before we get to some uh, IU news from last week, uh, we're going to start with an uh, update from our friends over at Spotify Green Room. Uh, it's a live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and use. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Uh, it's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, pre-game tailgates, uh, and reacting to breaking news. I'm I haven't used the app, but we're excited to use it this year. Spotify Greenroom is free. It's audio-only social media platform for sports fans. You can start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games, talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. You join in on conversations with me and the rest of the Hoosier Huddle team as well. Uh, I'll be hosting rooms every week from our tailgate. Uh, as well as uh, post-game as well, just like last year. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app. It's free on the iOS app store. Create a pi- profile, link your Twitter, and join uh, the Hoosier Huddle group. Uh, follow me at oh, – we'll come out with that when it comes out, but it's probably going to be Hoosier at, at Hoosier underscore Huddle, and we'll be going live on Saturdays before the game. 
All right. Uh, we are previewing the Big Ten, uh, but before we do that, some IU transfer news. Samson James entered the transfer portal, and it took him to West Lafayette. Uh, it's I don't think it's going to be a huge hit for IU. Um, Samson had been in and out of the transfer portal a couple times already. Uh, you know, I and IU wants you need you need people who want to be there. Um, I, I do think he kind of stuck it to IU by going to Purdue. Uh, and, and it kind of legitimizes their, their running back room a little bit more. But Indiana has uh, several good backs uh, with Stephen Carr leading away. Tim Baldwin uh, had some nice games last year. And then you have uh, Charlie Spiegel and some other walk-ons, as well as Trent Howland and David Holloman, uh, freshmen coming in as well. Uh, TJ, just a quick word on the Samson James transfer. Well, I, I I wasn't shocked. I was a little taken aback when he chose Purdue so quickly, but um, these things happen. I uh, I wish it would have worked out for Samson in Indiana. He's a you know a kid from Avon High School that I. Uh, you know, you you want to see anybody succeed, but especially guys from our state. Uh, and he's had a, a difficult upbringing that, um, you know, I was rooting for him to succeed and it just never took off. Uh, knowing the pedigree he came in with, even when he saw the field, it never looked like he was about to take off. Uh, I think that there's a little bit of a lack of explosiveness there that um, kind of didn't appeal to Dylan McCullough, um, the type of running back that he wants to see. And I think that it, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that it's clear um, he did not like where he sat on the depth chart after the first bit of practice. Uh, maybe with the new, maybe he was leaning toward leaving and then a new position coach comes in. He says, all right, I'll give it a shot. And he didn't give it much of a shot, just a little bit, but still maybe it was made clear to him. Look, Stephen Carr is here. Tim Baldwin is here. Maybe, you know, other guys like David Ellis are here and you are here, uh, below them. And you know, and I, I can't blame a guy for wanting playing time. Yep. Uh, and he sought that out elsewhere. And, um, you know, he goes to Purdue. I, I wish him, uh, I'll be honest, I, I don't wish him luck at Purdue. Uh, I hope he doesn't get hurt. I hope he finds success. But not a good thing. Yeah, that, um, that was a little, if nothing else, it adds more rivalry fuel. Yeah, and but all, you know, the IU players, especially when Joe Strickland chose Purdue, um, they've been very vocal about that rivalry on social media. But the transfer portal take it, it also give it. Uh, Indiana picks up a transfer defensive back in Jonathan Haynes from Ole Miss. He started against IU in the bowl game. Uh, I think he's going to end up playing safety. Uh, and, and help the depth there as well. He's immediately eligible, uh, and he's already – they talked about him in practice. He's already made an impact in practice. 
Uh, just quickly, TJ, before we get into our uh, preview, what does Jonathan Haynes bring to bring to the table? Uh, primarily, you're looking at playmaking and experience uh, in the safety position. Um, still a bit unclear to me, based on what he did at Ole Miss, uh, whether or not he comes in as a not a replacement necessarily, but a direct successor to Jamar Johnson, uh, or if he's going to play more of a strong safety role, which at least based on what I saw was a bit more of what he did uh, at Ole Miss. Um, but every defense is different, and every coaching staff is different, and how they plan to utilize a guy isn't always going to be the same as what the, the staff at Ole Miss chose to utilize him as. Um, I think it's a very good addition to have a guy with that much experience being able to come in at an area that, uh, that IU, you know, has some players, but definitely could use some experience. Definitely. All right. Our Big Ten preview, we're going to start in the West. Um, but before we do that, what are, who are division winners, um, TJ? Well, I'm going a bit boring. Uh, Ohio State out of the East and Wisconsin out of the West. Um, way, way to go out on a limb there, bud. Yeah, I mean, certainly Ohio State's the more predictable of the two. I do think that there's a couple of candidates in the West. Um, and look, Ohio State has a few question marks, but I still think they're the pick in the East. I, I agree. I'm going to go Ohio State in the East. The West is so difficult. You know, Northwestern's won two out of the last three. Uh, they do lose a lot of talent off the team from last year. But it, you know, Wisconsin is coming off a, a year where they never got traction uh, and things like that. Iowa's preseason top 18, I believe, in both polls. Uh, you know, Minnesota has Tanner Morgan back, so they can make a run. But I, you, I'm going to go the same as, as you and, and step up, step out on that giant limb um, that's pretty stable and go Ohio State and, and Wisconsin. Uh, in the East, until Ohio, until somebody knocks off Ohio State, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be them. And, you know, while they, they play IU at IU, you know, Ohio State's going to lose maybe one or two games at most. So you're going to have to play a perfect season to beat them. And you're going to have to beat them as well. So it'll be interesting. Those are, those are my picks. Uh, let's go down through the West, TJ. Start with your West champion, uh, Wisconsin. Graham Mertz is back. Uh, they get Jalen Berger back. Their defense is usually stout. Um, their offense kind of stuck in the mud a little bit, but – they usually have a couple good receivers, a good tight end, uh, and some good running backs. But, you know, is this going to be a more wide-open Wisconsin team? I think that they will be both by necessity and by choice. Uh, I think that they really like the receivers that they have. Um, there's, there's also some confidence in Graham Mertz. I, I think that he looked really good 
uh, in the opener against Illinois last year, which, you know, take that for what it's worth, understandable. But uh, there was a lot of hype surrounding him going in, and then he looked really good. And then Mertz, you know, again, uh, COVID kind of comes into play here and, and makes it difficult to evaluate what means what from last season. But, you know, Mertz gets COVID. Uh, they go out and blast Michigan the next week, but then a couple of receivers get hurt. Uh, they're top two, actually. Getting those guys back and what they feel is a more mature, more ready Graham Mertz to step in, um, I think it's really going to give them confidence to throw it more. Uh, Jake Ferguson at tight end is also a really good weapon, one of the best tight ends in the country. I also think it's necessary for them to do that because the offensive line is not quite at the level that it used to be for Wisconsin, and that's been the case for a couple of years now. Uh, and I don't think that their running back room is as talented as it has been in the past. They're counting on some freshmen to step in uh, and make an impact, which never used to be the case. Uh, now, Jalen Berger is going to be the starter. He'll get the, the majority of the load. But I, I do think that the, the strength of this team will be Graham Mertz plus the defense. Yeah, and, and, you know, the Wisconsin crowd will help them, too. Uh, you know, they're – they should they, – they should be, on paper, the, the favorite in the in the West. Their schedule starts off – you'll know right away what they're about. Um, they open up against Penn State. Uh, they yeah. – you know, they play Notre Dame in Chicago in week three – uh, you know, then they play Michigan at home, and then they go to Illinois. They have Army in the middle of the season. Uh, it, it, it's a tough schedule. Then they have to go to Purdue, Iowa, but they get Rutgers, Michigan, and Penn State out of the East. So it's not a terrible draw. And you get no, and two Michigan of them are at home. Yeah, Michigan, Michigan and Penn State are at home. So yeah. it's at Rutgers is your East road game um and then your your west you get iowa at home yeah uh, you so got I, iowa northwestern nebraska at home yeah yeah it's uh yeah. it it's works out schedule. it's a it's fun a nice, it's yeah. game fun uh at soldier field the army game in the middle of the season not advisable uh but but fun um that's one that you know Harkin, we always bring this up when a team is playing a, a military academy nightmares of the Navy game for the Hoosiers and why you would schedule that. Wisconsin's in a yep. little different place program-wise, but still, you know, the middle of your season, between road games at Illinois and at Purdue, you have to play the option offensive army. That's that's just an unnecessary pain, but they got to deal with it now. So, um it's an interesting schedule, but one that sets up for them to win the West. Yes, it does. And should they beat Notre Dame and go undefeated? I think they have a chance if they knock off Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game or a close loss if they go undefeated in the regular season to maybe 
crack into the playoffs. If they go 13-0 and beat Ohio State in the Big Ten title game, yeah, they'll go to the playoffs. But the schedule with with Notre Dame there um, makes it hard enough. Let's move down the road to Iowa. It's Indiana's first opponent on the schedule. They come into the season ranked 18th in the country. They open up with two tough games, uh, Indiana at home, and then they have to go to the seventh-ranked Iowa State Cyclones. Now, Iowa's owned Iowa State the last couple years. After that, they get Kent State and Colorado State um, to round out the, the, the non-conference schedule. They get Maryland at Maryland as their Big Ten East road game, and they have to host Penn State uh, on October 9th. They do have to travel, as you said, to Wisconsin, to Nebraska, and to Northwestern. Yeah. The Spencer Petras is is probably going to be their starting quarterback. Um, they had an offensive lineman injured in a farming accident um, or in a farming farming deal uh, who's, I think, their starting guard. They lose a lot off of last year's team. Does Iowa – and they start slow. So your, your two biggest games, you, you have a chance to kind of take a step back in. What does Iowa need to do to win the Big Ten West? I think they need to be more efficient running the ball – or, I'm sorry, throwing the ball. Uh, Goodson, Tyver Goodson, a very good running back. He's going to be a handful for IU's defense to stop uh, in that opener. But um, they need more big plays out of the passing game. Uh, they need more consistency from Petras. And they're going to have to figure out a way to replace Smith Marset uh, and Brandon Smith, who, um, you know, are, are two not excellent receivers, but they were very good for Iowa. Uh, and they're both gone. And, you know, I, I think they're expecting or in hoping uh, that a guy like Tyrone Tracy can step up. But uh, it's going to be difficult for them to replace that production that they got from those top two wideouts. Uh, and then I, I don't think that their tight end group is uh, quite what you would hope from from an offense like theirs. Uh, I I think Sam Laporta is pretty good, but I, I don't think he's quite at the level of some of the guys they've had in the past. Uh, and then the offensive line is is good, but maybe not excellent. But they need more uh, consistency and explosion out of the pass game. Yeah, and, and they started off slow last year. They lost to um, Purdue and Northwestern on the on on the first uh, you know on the first two weeks of the season. It was an odd year, but then they rattled off six straight wins. And so you know some of the people. Well, COVID doesn't. Those two losses don't count because of COVID. Well, your six game win streak. They they didn't get to play in a bowl game against Missouri. Because uh, that game got canceled uh, with COVID issues, I just I think Iowa. I think it's a big year for Iowa in terms of what's on the table. You have all the off the field stuff with Kirk Ferentz, which hasn't really been talked about at all um, since COVID came out. Then there's conference realignment, and it's kind of just been put on the back burner. But if Iowa struggles early, 
you could see that be brought up. And, and you know, I remember going to the Iowa IU game in 2007 and listening to the post game show, and the, their fans are already fed up with Ferentz. So, you know, they're, I would say they're impatient. And, you know, Ferentz is going on year like 25 at Iowa. He's been there forever. So, year 21, I think um, 2000 was his first year. So, it's are are they going to take that next step and and compete for the West title, or are they going to you know be another pretty good team who goes to a bowl game, uh, and then just wait waits around you know for for the next senior group with the senior led quarterback uh, who could you know who who can contend for a Big Ten title. So very interesting with Iowa. Next, let's go. Let's go to Chicago and to Northwestern and Evanston. Uh, Northwestern's interesting. In 2018, they won the Big Ten West. In 2019, they went three and nine. In 2020, they win the Big Ten West. So, if we're following that, they're going to go three and nine. But um, you know, they lose Peyton Ramsey. They replace him with Tyler Helinski. Uh, from South Carolina who comes in. They start the year. It's a revenge game. Um, they, the loss to Michigan State last year uh, ended their bid for an undefeated regular season. It probably kept them out of a New Year's Six Bowl as well. Uh, but after that, they get in Indiana State. They have to go to Duke. And I really like what, what Northwestern does with their schedules. They play like teams. They play Duke, they'll play Cal, um, you know, they'll play Vanderbilt, I believe. They play those like teams um, who are high on academics, they'll play Notre Dame, uh, and, you know, they'll do – it's almost like a rotating home and home. Uh, so, you're saying, so you're saying they won't be scheduling Kentucky anytime soon? Correct. Okay. Probably right. not. <laughs> never say never. Um, they get a break out of the East with Michigan State and, and Rutgers. Uh, they do have to go to Michigan as their Big Ten East road game. They get Iowa, Minnesota, and Purdue at home, and then they have to go to Illinois to end the season. What does Northwestern have to do? They And they lose some playmakers, but they get some guys back too. Um, what does Northwestern have to do to, to, to repeat as Big Ten West champions? And is there – can they avoid the drop-off of a 3-9 season? Because I think it would be a very nice season if they just get back to a bowl game and have more consistent success. Well, uh, I, I don't know what to make of Northwestern, honestly. I – I mean, you mentioned the kind of up and down roller coaster, but I, I, I'm sort of at a loss for what to expect from them. Um, I, I will say, just from a personnel standpoint, uh, I don't think that Helensky is well. I've never been impressed. Uh, I, I felt like Peyton Ramsey was going to be very good for them, and he was. Um, he wasn't amazing, but he was he was Peyton Ramsey. Uh, he did a nice job. I don't 
Halinski, for me, uh, never really impressed at South Carolina, and I'm not sure what to expect from him. He does not bring that same level of mobility that Ramsey had to extend plays, which came in handy last year quite a bit for them. Um, Cam Porter is a good running back. He showed a lot of promise last year. Um, <clears throat> I think that their weapons are average in terms of the Big Ten. Uh, what stands out for Northwestern, of course, is the defense. Um, I, I just have faith that Pat Fitzgerald is going to have a strong defense on the team. Um, I think it's very realistic for them to expect uh, maybe seven wins and then hope for more after that. Uh, but I think it'll be a little bit more of a, you know, middling year uh, to, to kind of rebuild towards another push for a, a West title perhaps next year. Yeah, let's move up north to Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota had a big 2019 season, fell back to earth in 2020. They open up at home against the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, Indiana's been in that boat before. It could be a season wrecker of a game. Uh, you know, if your team gets blown out or injured and beat up, but it's also a great opportunity. Um, they also have a road game at Colorado that is not going to be easy at altitude on September 18th. They get, they also draw Indiana and Maryland. Maryland's their home, home game, uh, or Indiana's their lone road game at the Big Ten East. Uh, it's not an awful draw out of the East, but you do have Ohio State. Uh, they do have to go. They have to go to Purdue. They have to go to Northwestern, to Iowa, to IU. They get Wisconsin, Illinois, Maryland, and Nebraska at home. I I think this whole season for for Minnesota rests on the shoulder of uh, Tanner Morgan. And if he has a good year, Minnesota's going to have a good year. They have a great running back in, um, I think it's Muhammad Ibrahim again, um, coming back. They usually right. always have a good running game. Their offensive line is massive uh, and, and things like that. But if Tanner Morgan can't be the playmaker that he was in 2019, this team will struggle to get to 6-6. Six and six. Do you see it playing out any differently, TJ? No, no. I, I actually uh, would be a little surprised if Minnesota's able to get to a bowl game. Uh, big step back for Tanner Morgan last season. And uh, Muhammad Ibrahim is, is great. But they've lost a lot of talent at wide receiver, and I don't see guys ready to step in and fill it uh, like they had previously the past two years. Um, I, I think Minnesota's going to struggle some, for sure. Let's go down down the road um, to Illinois. New coach in Brett Bielema. Old old friend Brett Bielema from, from Wisconsin. But new coach in Brett Bielema, they're going to be the first Big Ten team we see, along with Nebraska, they play on August 28th. That game's at 1 o'clock on Fox. It's supposed to be played over in Ireland, uh, but it got moved back to Memorial Stadium in Champaign. 
They also get a tough game against um, UTSA, and that's at home. UTSA had a good season last year. They bring back some ta- a lot of their talent, and that's a game that they could be primed to, to win uh, and, and upset a Big Ten team. Then they have to go to Virginia. It's not an easy place to play. That team should be better than they were last year. They get Maryland at home out of the East. They also have to go to Penn State and who's their other big 10 and Rutgers at home. Um, so it's a pretty easy draw out of the East with Maryland and Rutgers uh, and at Penn State who comes in at 19th in the nation. Their other road big 10 games are at Purdue, at Minnesota and at Iowa. I don't think that Illinois is there yet to go to a bowl game, but that season opener um, against Nebraska is, is huge for both programs. And we'll talk about Nebraska here in a second. TJ, what does uh, Illinois have to do to, to get the six wins? So Brett Bielema, obviously a much different uh, coach than Lovey Smith. Um, they did have a lot of transfers out. Uh, however, they brought in some talent as well. Brandon Peters coming back for his sixth season is a, a big one for them uh, to get him back. Um, I I don't have any idea how quickly they'll be able to kind of start playing that Brett Bielema style of football which is strong defense and just pound the heck out of the ball and run it down your throat and then run it down your throat some more. Um, I, I'm not sure how quickly they'll be able to do that. Uh, however, you know, I, I, I think that they will finally have a clear identity, which I feel is important. And if the players buy into that, which you said it, I mean, they've got some tough early games that are winnable, but could also be losses when they feel like they should have won. Um, if, if they can get a couple of those early, I think they could have a surprising season uh, because I, I think there is talent on that roster. So I, I kind of think, I expect a little bit better than most people do from Illinois. Uh, and, and I'm predicting them to, to get to a bowl game this season. You're predicting Illinois to get to a bowl game. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah, I, think, I think it, it is going to be six, I think six and six, but I am penciling them in at six and six. That'll be a, a good step forward for the Illini. Uh, let's go to their, their opener, um, opening opponent, Nebraska. Uh, they open up at Illinois. It's a big year for Nebraska and Scott Frost. He was a guy at um, at media day. He just seemed so miserable. And it was palpable, the pressure that was on him. They, they, I th- they have to get to a bowl game this year. I mean, that fan base is going to be out for blood, but it's, you know, he was supposed to be their guy to take them back to the, you know, the promised land, and he's failed, and he's failed pretty miserably. Um, 
So how patient that fan base is going to be is unknown, but I don't think it's going to be very patient much longer. The Their opener against Illinois, if they lose that game, that's, that's going to set the tone for the whole season. Uh, you got Fordham and Buffalo coming up behind them. You have rumors that they're going to play in those hideous little red uniforms uh, that look like wrestling singlets at Oklahoma. Um, you know, if you don't get Illinois, you're probably starting the season two and two. And then you have to go back to the Big Ten and back to the Big Ten at two and two. And that's going to be tough to win four more games. So you get at Michigan State in the East. Uh, their East home game is Michigan. Uh, they don't have the easiest draw in the East. They also get Ohio State at home in the East. So they play, just wait for them to start complaining. So they have to play. They have one, two, three, four, four top 25 teams, preseason top 25 teams in there. Uh, right now, I would say they lose to all of them. Uh, Northwestern's always played Nebraska close. So you got Michigan, who could knock off Nebraska. Uh, at Minnesota is a tough game for them. Is this the year that Nebraska gets to a bowl game, or are they going to have to find a new coach at the end of the year, TJ? Because uh, they're running, I, they're they're running out of excuses, and I think they're, um, and I think they're gonna uh, they're they're gonna miss Wandale Robinson too. Yeah, that was uh, definitely a concerning transfer. Um, you know, the question is, if you fire Scott Frost, what do you do then? That's uh, – I don't know the answer to that. I'm not a Nebraska fan or in the administration, obviously. Um, but, you know, anytime – you bring in the no doubt home run guy and it doesn't work and Michigan could be facing the same thing with Jim Harbaugh. Uh, what do you do? Who do you turn to after that? And I don't know what the answer is going to be. I know Nebraska is hoping they don't have to answer that question. Um, I've got Illinois winning that opener on August 28th which would be incredibly disheartening for Nebraska. Incredibly disheartening. And if, let's say that they, you know, they, they lose that one, they beat Fordham, they beat Buffalo, go to Oklahoma and get obliterated, and you're sitting at two and two going to East Lansing to face another coach that is earlier in his tenure than Scott Frost is, that suddenly becomes kind of a, a you know, a must-win game to keep your head above water. Yeah. Uh, I The schedule is not awful, but games against Oklahoma and Ohio State, those could be incredibly ugly. And if you've got those two losses plus some other toss-ups, and you have to go to Wisconsin. You could have three True. really yeah. tough games. And Iowa, I mean, I, they always play Iowa close, um, usually. But, yeah, do, 
Is I, there a... I personally don't have them in a bowl game. So what decision they make after that, I I don't know. But at that point, it will be head-scratching time because, uh, you know, where else can you turn? Yep. All right, let's go to Purdue. Uh, we'll wrap up the Big Ten West. Uh, we'll cover the Big Ten East on another podcast. We've run out of time today, and we apologize for that. Um, but life happens. Uh, so let's go to Purdue uh, to wrap up the West. It is – how many years has Jeff Brom been there? Um, since 2017. So this is year five for Jeff Brom. Um, he came in, took Purdue to two straight bowl games to start his tenure right. there. Uh, everything went, I guess, according to plan. Uh, everybody was high on them. They gave him a huge contract extension, and then the bottom fell out. Uh, you know, Rondell Moore played played well. He was a freshman All-American. He was All-American his freshman year. Then he dealt with injuries and some weird whatever happened last year uh, with agents yeah. and injuries and all that stuff. The bottom line is he didn't play nearly enough football at Purdue for them to appreciate it uh, or take advantage of it. Their schedule this year does them no favors. They open up with Oregon State at home. They have to go to UConn. Uh, that should be a win. They have to go play at Notre Dame in week three. And Notre Dame comes preseason top 10, but they're preseason top 10 every year, um, no matter what the expectations are. Uh, you get Illinois and Minnesota at home. Then uh, you start a wicked back end of the schedule at Iowa, Wisconsin at home, at Nebraska, Michigan State, at Ohio State, at Northwestern, Indiana at home. Is this – if Jeff Brom does not take this team to a bowl game, is he on his way out of West Lafayette after – being the darling of Purdue football and everybody saying he was such a better hire than Tom Allen. Um, and some IU fans included, we know who you are. Um, is this it for Jeff Brom? Is this the final hurrah if they can't get to, to the bowl game? I think it depends on how ugly that is. Uh, you know, if it's bottom falls out three and nine, with some blowouts, yeah, I think that's probably it. If it's five and seven, you lose a few close ones. Uh, no, I, I think he gets another shot at it. Uh, we did see the replacement of a coordinator, which, you know, is kind of the, again, by the way, it wasn't the first time he's tried on defense uh, to get that figured out with the new coordinator. Uh, that's usually a signal that, hey, things aren't going that great, and I understand if I don't make changes, it's going to be my butt that's next. Um, from a schedule perspective, that Oregon State game is incredibly interesting. Uh, Saturday at night, Ross-Aid Stadium, playing an Oregon State team that is, I don't know, decent would be an accurate term, I guess. They, they uh, could go in and beat Purdue, but I wouldn't be can. shocked if Purdue beat them either. Purdue is favored by seven. I just looked it up. Uh, Purdue favored by seven. So, you know, that's not a toss-up. Purdue is favored, but still, 
for an opener in a season that you really need to, to get wins, that's a difficult proposition. Uh, at Notre Dame in week three, you know, they do get UConn, which good for you. We know how uh, pleasant of an afternoon that can be uh, beaten in UConn's brains. Um, but, you know, I, I think that the biggest issue for Purdue has been he has, Jeff Brom has yet to develop a quarterback, which I've been very surprised by, to be honest. Um, I thought that their defenses would struggle under Brom, but I thought they'd be able to score a ton of points with a really fun passing game. And the quarterback play just has not developed for them yet. And they don't, they, they might find an answer that might happen this year. It might, because they do have talent at that position, at least according to high school rankings. Um, but so far, the guys that they're bringing back haven't shown it consistently. O'Connell, Plummer, they both look good at times. They both look bad at times. Now, the biggest issue for them on offense has been the inability to get an offensive line that can block worth a darn. And I don't see that changing this year. I don't think that they've magically solved that problem. It's a hard one to solve. Uh, Second, the defense, outside of some really standout talent, George Karloftis is tremendous. And on offense, David Bell is tremendous. However, outside of that standout individual talent, it's I think concerning for Purdue that they have not been able to at least progress on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so I, I, I think they've got a lot of big problems. However, I, I don't see this being Jeff Brown's final season just yet. Um, but he's got to get some wins over some teams that maybe they're not expecting to uh, and I, looking at the schedule, I could see that being um, Minnesota, October second. Uh, Nebraska, maybe. Number six, going to Nebraska. You know, I, I think that there's <clears throat> opportunities. Um, I don't see it adding up to, mm, I don't know, I think maybe six is probably the ceiling. Um, And that's, for me, the amount of money they're paying them, that's That's, not good enough. No, and and that's exactly what we said when Brom got that contract extension was you just upped your expectations. So that does it for our Big Ten West uh, preview. We'll be back on Thursday with our Big Ten East preview. Um, Enjoy. Uh, Come back to Hoosier Huddle often. We have our guys down at practice starting on Wednesday. Um, Fall camp is well underway. We are just under three weeks away from kickoff to the 2021 season. We have our countdown going, position previews going, 
keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. TJ, thanks for joining us uh, today, and uh, have a pleasant evening. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for listening. My final word on the Big Ten West, get rid of divisions. Yep. I, I, I think that's coming. I think that comes with the 12-team playoff uh, is they get rid of divisions. Uh, so we'll see. Anyway, that does it for tonight's show. Thank you to TJ Inman for co-hosting with myself. We'll be back on Thursday evening to talk the Big Ten East and IU, and that'll wrap up our conference previews. Then we'll get ready and get into our Iowa previews. Have a great night. We'll talk to you on Thursday. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 